We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high-performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. Today, I'm joined by one of my favorite people in the entire world who's sort of mouthing back to me as I say this. But um, yeah, I am very, very pleased and excited to have Asher Kniff here today to talk about his journey on the World Poker Tour and the World Series of Poker and his experiences as a professional poker player, but as someone who's just has um, really incredible insights and wisdom and what I think is some unique takes on life and your perspective and worldview on life that have helped me since we met back in March and has definitely like helped me to see things and approach life in a, a more playful way and you don't just play poker for a living but you you know you kind of infuse that into your whole life so welcome to the show thanks for having me uh you made me sound pretty cool right there i hope i can uh live up to it yeah thank you yeah for sure so i would love for you to just start by telling people a little bit about your background you're from brooklyn grew up there found your way to to vegas like i did but your path was a little different can you give people kind of your come up story and background a little bit sure so uh, i'm 34 i grew up in brooklyn new york uh you know i've poker is the only serious career i've ever had so i grew up to a middle class family pretty normal life considering the fact that i grew up in new york city which is not normal at all Mm -hmm. um but yeah, and then had a bunch of random odd jobs when I was younger. And uh, it's the classic, like, you know, started playing poker for nickels with my dad when I was like eight. And we were just, you know, screwing around. And then when I became more like high school age, college age, me and my friends would play at people's houses for like 20 bucks each. The games then kept getting kind of more competitive uh, and for more money. And I just 
found myself winning a lot. Mm. Uh, so it was one of those things, uh, a saying we both like to use is you can only connect the dots looking backwards. So at the time, I didn't exactly know the path I was taking. I wasn't sure where I was going to lead, but I knew that I was doing something I love to do and had a lot of passion for. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of kept playing and playing. And then I started making casino trips and taking it seriously and studying poker and all of that. And uh, yeah, I had some fortunate breaks and started having some success. And yeah, eventually it led me here to Vegas, which was three and a half years ago. Uh, yeah, and so for the most part, I just... Not as much as I used to, but I travel the country and occasionally the world playing big poker tournaments. And uh, it's a a pretty interesting life, I suppose. It is. I mean, I've watched you and watched how people respond to you when they ask you what you do for a living. And then they hear that you're a poker player. People are so enthusiastic and eager to like ask you questions and Mm want to know about your lifestyle and how you got into it. And so I'm excited to have you, you know, kind of share a lot of that today, but it you know, your life and your, your career path has been certainly a non-traditional one. And I think that's one of the things I like to do on the show is bring alternative perspectives and show people all different types of possibilities when it comes to like what your life could look like. And I'm just curious, like for you, have you always kind of been somebody to blaze your own path and to take your own, like blaze your own trail or Cause you're not somebody that's like a cookie cutter guy. You don't fit into a lot of boxes. And what was your parents or your family's reaction to you kind of taking this non-traditional path? Well, I think, uh, first of all, I have super supportive parents. Uh, they're amazing. My mom was definitely frightened by me playing <laughs> poker for a living for quite a while. My dad is a musician. He has been his whole life, but like professional, uh, bass guitarist. So I think for him, especially when he started 50 years ago, it was a pretty non-traditional path to say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to build my resume in any way. He didn't go to college, like none of that. He was like, I'm going to be a musician. So he supported me. His whole thing was just kind of like chase your dreams. Like, like you're going to figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been, I've always been like somewhat of a risk taker in certain ways, but like, you know, in other ways, you know, I was supposed to go skydiving recently and just backed out. Uh, I, I was too scared. So not, you know, the riskiest person. But yeah, I think another thing, if I'm being honest, when I was young, the big thing for me is I didn't want to have to conform to like standard schedules and like having a boss and things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want someone to have to tell me when I'm going into work, which look, that is life, right? Like that it doesn't mean your life is bad because you have that stuff going on, but I was kind of trying to get off of some responsibility, but then it turned into this thing that I actually really love. Uh, So yeah, for me, it's important with the people in my life, especially when I meet younger people to really push on them, like chase your dreams, Mm -hmm. chase your passion because you can. Yeah. Right. And unless you absolutely can't, you know, some, you're a single mother with three kids you need to provide right things like that but for most people yeah just just chase the things you love chase passion the money will follow and Mm -hmm. your your life will be better for it yeah I mean people could look at you now with over three and a half million dollars in total earnings in tournament poker you just played the world series of poker which is the world's most prestigious poker tournament Mm -hmm. and I got to watch you go from one of 8,600 people or something like that in the tournament to one of the top 10. And that was 
one of the most unique and special experiences for me to be able to watch you go through that because it was my first experience in the poker world and really understanding the mental acuity and stamina and like endurance that it takes to do what you do on a consistent basis, especially in tournament poker, like the hours that you put in is crazy. And also your ability to like withstand pressure <laughs> and to like play under pressure and to think critically and strategically and, and decide like what's the right move to make for you in that moment, knowing that there's a lot at stake and a lot on the line. Talk to me about like your thought processes, you're making big decisions in your life and in poker, like what goes into deciding what you decide to do in a hand and what kind of does that correlate to your outside world like to your life sure i think uh at this point poker is a lot of intuition for me it's just i've been doing it for so long uh one thing people always ask me about poker about the skills needed all these kind of things and one of the biggest things i always say is it's really a, a game of people like people think of it as like math of like Zach Alphanakis and the hangover with the numbers flying past him. And like, it's not, there's like a little bit of math involved, but it's really just about understanding people, reading people, why they would do certain things, you know, when someone would bluff and how they're going to look or act or how much they would bet. A big thing is like the sizing of people's bets. Are they betting a lot, betting a little? Um, so yeah, for poker, you're basically thin slicing a bunch of information really fast. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, you kind of just have to like make a choice and go with it. And like, you're going to be wrong sometimes. That's part of it, right? You just say, I've taken all this information together and I think this guy's buffing and I'm going to call. And sometimes you are leaving the tournament room one mm -hmm. minute later because you were wrong. And, mm -hmm. and that's part of it. Uh, but I try not to overthink things because sometimes you can think yourself right out of the right decision. Sure. Uh, Whereas in life with big decisions, I am kind of an overthinker. I like to weigh everything a million times. Uh, so I've found for me that in, in the realm of poker, I kind of need to let that go. Like I can't, I can't act like that. You know, mm -hmm. it has to be just, I mean, I've played millions of poker hands. Mm -hmm. so just rely on that. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have to be decisive in the moment and then, release that decision after it was made so that totally. you can go on to the next hand and I think that does I mean correlate to life in general where it's I think a lot of times we can ruminate on the decisions that we made and we're like oh what if I'd done this differently right. you know um how would things have been different that we kind of miss out on all the opportunities that are right in front of us because we're kind of thinking about the past instead of being willing to kind of let that go and move forward can you tell people about kind of your World Series journey this year? What was that like for you? Because as somebody who's been playing for a really long time, like, and on the show, we talk a lot about becoming better and reaching our goals. Like, I know that that was a huge goal for you. So kind of walk people through why that experience was so important and kind of what your goals look like now since mm -hmm. you've gotten to kind of somewhat of the pinnacle of of your career so for a super quick background the world series of poker is a series of like 70 or 80 tournaments that kind of culminates in what's called the main event ten thousand dollar buy-in and most poker tournaments you can lose and play again 
uh, like you can buy back in, they call it. The main event is one, everyone gets one entry. So it's 8,700 unique people who played it. Uh, it is the Super Bowl of poker, right? It is the, it's the main event. Like it's the big deal every year. And one of the coolest things about it that I really appreciated after it was over this year is like anyone who plays poker, like dreams of winning this thing, right? It doesn't matter how rich you are, how successful you've been, like the guys who have the most money and success and, and accolades and all that still dream of winning. It's just, it's, it's the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, this world series of poker, I had, as you had seen, kind of been getting creamed all summer, uh, <laughs> had not really done anything, uh, came into the main event. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's 10 days total, 10 days, essentially in a row, you get a day off for one or two days. And uh, yeah, I ended up coming in 10th out of 8,700 people. Uh, I lost on day eight, which was obviously exhausting and crazy, but it was truly one of, if not the greatest experience of my life. Uh, yeah. The culmination of all the work and all the things uh, I've done in my life and everything I've put into the game to, to kind of, obviously the money is really nice. I won a, a good chunk of money, like $675,000, but just the, the affirmation of my life's path, you know, mm -hmm. to some extent. I mean, look, I wanted to win. First place was $10 million. So that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was special. And the seventh day we we started with, I want to say 30 people and you end at 10 at the final table. And then CBS Sports comes in and they film the final table and all that. And that day was also my 34th birthday. Uh, so at various points in the day, there was upwards of, 50 or 60 people there watching me at the same time, which in like a random day of poker is a crazy amount of people. Like this mm -hmm. isn't some big sporting event. Uh, and, you know, I would win a hand and everyone would lose their minds and be screaming for me. And they were singing me happy birthday. And they had cardboard cutouts in my face and <laughs> everybody's drinking. And it was just one of those special days that, you know, I, you can't uh, manufacture, you know, yeah. it was just beautiful. And uh, yeah, it was a special experience. And uh now, I guess my goal is to do better than 10. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because in poker, there isn't really a bigger goal, mm -hmm. right? Um, I have, in a very positive way, kind of given up on trying to be like the best poker player in the world. Mm. I'm okay with not being that. Um, just the amount of work of a type that I'm not interested in is what it takes. A lot of computational studying and, and hours behind the screen, but I know I'm confident in my abilities. So like, am I necessarily going to climb to the highest rank of poker and, and destroy all the records? Maybe not, mm -hmm. but I still have a lot of goals of winning big tournaments and, and, you know, uh, hopefully winning the main event. Yeah. 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 The year before I got 80th and I was like, man, how am I going to do better than that? 80th out of like 9,000 people. I was like, how can I, you know, what the hell is, where do I go from here? And then I got 10th this year. So I'm thinking, you know, why not shoot for the moon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, and that's super inspiring for people listening to like watch and like hear about that trajectory. Cause what I was going to say earlier is I think a lot of people can hear of your success and see what you've done, especially this past year, be like, wow, like that's amazing. I'd love to be able to do that. But I, I know it's very easy for people to celebrate and see the successes and the wins, but they don't know what it took to get there. And all of, like you said, like the rest of your summer had not 
been that for a lot of, no. you know, and that's the same with a lot of the other years that you've spent working in this field. Like what is, you know, talk about the failure to winning ratio and your ability to be comfortable with taking on risk, failing consistently and continuing show to show up regardless. Like how do you stay mentally fit and strong and resilient in that way to not just want to give up because sure. you're not always winning all the time. Well, to go a step further, I'm losing most of the time. The best poker player in the world's losing. Uh, tournament poker players losing more than they win. Okay. The idea is that you win more when you lose than when you, I'm sorry, you win more when you win than you lose when you lose. Mm -hmm. um, two quick anecdotes to, and then to circle back. Uh, so I said I got 80th in the main event last year and 10th this year. I believe those were my ninth and 10th times playing the main event. I had never made the money in any of the eight years prior. Mm -hmm. Just as like a kind of, to your point of perspective. Yeah, like, yeah, it just seems like, oh man, like, like I've gotten this from a lot of players of like, you're just like a main event crusher. It's like, you know, <laughs> like you just kill it at the main event. And it's like, well, I was down $80,000 going into last year in that tournament, right? Sure. Like you just, just but you got to just keep in. plugging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 10,000 a year. You got to just keep plugging away. Um, second anecdote that I think speaks even more to it is uh, everything kind of changed for me in my life in 2015. Uh, I, was at the Borgata in Atlantic City, and they had a series of tournaments over like two weeks. The first tournament of the series was $600 to get in, and first place was like $210,000. I won that tournament. Before that, I had a very small amount of money to my name, uh, and, and not a lot of, no big successes, for sure, in poker. I was chipping away at it, and uh, to make a longer story a little shorter, uh, I accidentally entered a tournament that won me a seat into a $15,000 buy-in tournament two weeks later at the Borgata. And first place in that tournament was like 970 something thousand dollars. And I won that. <laughs> it was like the world poker tour world championship event. So you accidentally found your way into a massive tournament that you ended up winning for yes. almost a million dollars. Yes. <laughs> and so the story as it is, let alone with the added like accidental thing to it is like, it seems like such a classic uh, out of nowhere story, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just had these successes from literal nowhere and like, I, that's so amazing. And it's like, that is true, I suppose. I had also moved to New Jersey a year before in literally the middle of nowhere in New Jersey, kind of close to Atlantic City, but essentially in the middle of nowhere and just dedicated my life to poker, right? Like I wasn't, there wasn't partying. There wasn't like dating for the, for more or less. Like it was just like poker, poker, poker. And before that I'd really been into it, but I was studying hard. I was living with other guys who were playing. We were super into it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, it's the, it's the old thing about the iceberg. Like you see the tip out of the water and you're like, oh, but all of the work, all of the, the weight to it is under it. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, definitely. I think the two main points here, A, like keep plugging away right from the main event story mm -hmm. and B that the work you no one sees the work you know they just see right. the success uh I was going to circle back to your point oh yeah it uh, it takes a uh level headedness to play tournament poker for a living because again you're just it's a lot of losing right I've uh compared it to being a black swan investor black swan investors essentially 
bet on terrible things happening that tanks the market and they win huge mm -hmm. but every day they're losing a little bit of money losing money like uh yeah and then but when their investment hits it pays them ten thousand times their investment right. but they've been losing a little bit of it every day uh most days i go to work i go to work i put my best foot forward i'm focused and i go home and i've lost money mm -hmm. uh, so some of it is you just divorce yourself from the results uh, and for me, the big, one of the big things in my life is being aware of the two, the two most important parts of my day are how I did at poker, how did I do at my job and did I enjoy myself doing it? Mm. And ultimately I can't control the first one. I can only control it so much, right? Like I can do everything I can, but I might lose. There's luck in what I do on a day-to-day -day basis, but I can make sure that I enjoy myself and I can make sure that I bring a positive energy and make people happier, try to talk to people, make a friend, whatever. And, mm -hmm. and so that for me is a big part. So if I go home and I'm like happy, but I lost, like I can look at that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, you just said something, I think I want to just stick a pin in for a second and let people really grasp, which is, you said, I've had to divorce myself from results, mm -hmm. which is, I think one of another way to say that which you probably wouldn't use these words, but I know there are people listening that it might resonate with, which is surrender. And in my definition of surrender, it means giving up attachment to results. Mm -hmm. It's saying like, I'm willing to do my best and show up and control the controllables, like what I can control. And then I surrender the outcome. And I'm okay with and we'll choose to be okay with what happens regardless, instead of kind of being controlled by your outcome, like the result then dictating your, you know, how you think, feel, and, you know, experience your life and, and everything else. Has that always come easily and natural to you? Or is that something you've had to work towards kind of letting go of and being more okay with kind of whatever happens happens mentality I think for me I've always kind of been able to ever since I started playing poker I, it wasn't very hard for me to just deal with losing mm. um, I think a lot of that has to do with confidence and I think if someone's you know for risk takers entrepreneurs things like that if you if you believe in what you're doing if you believe in your project then you're going to be okay if it's not working out today mm -hmm. right because you believe in your vision you believe in your future mm -hmm. and i think for me there was always this level of self-belief of like it's it's gonna work out i'm i'm going to make it i'm going to be successful so on a day-to-day -day basis if i would lose it's just it's part of that process mm -hmm. um i also think that different people have different risk profiles i would almost say uh you know so there there's another type of poker that i don't really play and it's called cash games and the main reason I don't play them is because I get so upset when I lose. Mm. I hate losing in them because you actually lose like cat. You buy in for a thousand dollars and it's like real money chips in front of you. Uh, and I can't divorce myself from those losses the same way. And I'm aware of that. Right. So if I'm going to be super upset when I lose and I'm going to lose a decent amount of the time, like, I'm not going to do that mm -hmm. with yeah. my time, with my energy, with my life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think different people have different things that matter to them or that drive them or, or uh, upset them. Mm -hmm. I think awareness, self-awareness is, is a big key for that as well. Yeah. You talked about a little about kind of how you enjoy the work that you do. Like it's not just about the result, but it 
do you enjoy how you spent your time doing it? And I know from being around you and knowing a lot of people that know you, you're a very social guy. You like to have fun. You like to meet new people. You, you definitely bring a very like lighthearted energy wherever you go. Um, what is, yeah. What is your mentality around kind of how you show up, not just at work, but in your life? Like, because there are a lot of people that kind of just stick to themselves and want to kind of hang out and put their sunglasses on or their earbuds in and not like really connect. But you're a guy that like wants to connect with people. And I think that not just speaks to your poker success, but like your success in life and just the relationships and the people that you keep around you. Like, so I guess I just want to know if you could just kind of elaborate on that part of who you are and how does that come into play when you're in, like actually strategically playing poker like reading people and reading your ability to empathize with people and connect with people does that have an upside for you in the poker world being able to like get in a, inside other people's heads well I think I I would almost say that I like unintentionally kill people with kindness right like my goal is not to like soften people up by being nice to them. Like my goal is, or, or talking to them or whatever. My goal is genuinely to be social. And if I'm going to be at a poker table, whatever, a hundred plus days ever out of every year, like I want to enjoy it. I want to talk to people. I don't, what am I going to do? Listen to another song in my headphones. Like I'd rather uh, make something interesting of the day, but it certainly strategically tends to work where people will kind of, let off things or be kind of nice to me strategically in certain situations because we're a little buddy buddy or friendly mm. uh and I think I also unintentionally do a good job of making it seem like I'm doing the same thing but I'm not mm. right like we are we're friends we're cool but it's competition mm -hmm. um and one of the things uh and related note that makes poker so fascinating is you compete against your friends all the time like sometimes I'll sit in a tournament, it'll be someone who I'm super close with. And it's like, dog eat dog world. We got to, you know, we got to go after it. Uh, one, this year in the main event, one of my closest friends was at one of my tables, extremely deep in the tournament. And it's weird, mm -hmm. you know, but ultimately it's like, Hey, we're also here. We're also good friends or just some random guy. Like we're here to, I'm here to have a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, and in life, it's just important to me to play as hard as I work. Right. And like, I want to enjoy life. I want to experience things. Uh, as you know, I get no bigger joy than being in large groups of happy people. <laughs> I, it's true. I love it. It's like, it really is my favorite thing. The energy it makes me feel is unmatched. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to experience that, but yeah, that's, that's kind of a, a thing that I'm aware that I love. So I try to go and experience it and I'm not, you know, all the work and the time and the effort I've put in my life into uh, poker and my various investments you know at different times and different things nfts and whatnot uh i'm not doing all of that to not enjoy the fruits of the labor mm, as well yeah. so that's super important to me i think that's one of the things i appreciate and respect about you so much and something that's really impacted me is that even though you're in a it's a serious game that you play and a lot of times there's a lot on the line like you bring a level of lightheartedness to it and as someone who before I met you would 
lean on the side of being more serious mm-hmm. and somebody that would, uh, it, yeah, just make everything kind of a little bit more intense than it would need to be. You have this ability of, of kind of lightening the mood and reminding me and the people that are around you that if like what you're doing isn't in like you're not enjoying it what's the point right like you have this mentality and this kind of philosophy on life that like life like you you should be enjoying it life's meant to be enjoyed and the people around you are meant to be kind of additions to that where does that come from for you that's a good question I've kind of always been that way yeah probably uh to a detriment to some extent uh wasn't always the most focused at school yeah just you know I've, I've always made sure that I was enjoying enjoying my life uh ever since I was like a little kid I'm sure I was an absolute nightmare <laughs> <laughs> for my mom to keep track of uh yeah I'm not exactly sure where it starts but I do know that for me it's like a foundational pillar of my life uh I, I think uh, more people could use more joy, right? Um, and so it's fascinating. And I love, you know, watching people around me, whether or not it's related to my influence, uh, probably often is not, but become more joyous, have more things in their life that that, that make them happy. Uh, even your, I've, I've seen your transformation since I met you at least a shift in energy uh, you are definitely I mean you're always a pleasant person but you've definitely focused on having more joy in your life and uh now you walk walk around giving out stickers that make people happy and then look it's, it's little things right mm-hmm. uh yeah it doesn't take a lot to make someone's day better yeah you yeah. know and in fact it often takes like like the big efforts do little and the little efforts are huge you know right we've gone to like shows or something and you give someone like a Jolly Rancher and they're like ready to give you, you know, kiss your feet (laughs) just over the moon. It's like, you know, yeah, it's amazing. So, uh, and I, yeah, I do have some influences in my life now, some friends close to me who really take care of the people around them and and show them great experiences and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. That means the world to me. Well, you're, I think, um, a natural curator of experiences. And that's one of the things that struck me most when I first met you and I started to spend time with you was that like everything, even the most mundane things felt like an experience. And um, I wasn't used to that because there you make ordinary things fun. And I think that's kind of one of your natural superpowers is taking mundane routine ordinary and making it feel special and unique and being able to create those moments for other people too and like you said and what I want you guys to hear on the other side of this is like it doesn't take a lot to shift one your own energy but like to make a difference or make an impact in somebody else's day and it's really about looking for like those opportunities, but more for me, it started as I, like I had to look for the opportunities and it's become, as I've done that more of a natural extension of who I am. It's just like less effort of looking for it. And now it's just an expression of the joy that's inside of me as 
as opposed to something I was trying to like manufacture, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you may officially be making me sound cooler than I am, but I appreciate <laughs> No, but said. I genuinely <laughs> feel that way. Yeah. Thank you. And I think it's, uh, things become habit over time, you know, from repetition and mm-hmm. this is no different. Yeah. Before you know it, it's just like part of now it's like when we're heading to an event or like we're all going somewhere like you it's just part of your routine to bring things that'll make people happy like it really is so yeah yeah it's awesome I do Uh, yeah and I've learned that from you and I think I'm better because of that for sure um you have a saying no half measures Hmm. can you explain to the people what do you mean by that why do you say that and uh where does that come from (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just, if I do things, I'm going to do them, no matter what we're talking about, right? Like, I don't, yeah, the in-between is a bad place to be in life. Uh, it, it can happen. And sometimes it's unavoidable, but I try to, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 100%. And that can be for anything. That can. Can you give an example of something you recently decided you were, like, going to do 100%? or not at all or like something like what does that look like in your life practically for people well I mean it can be I've kind of always felt that way so even with like when I got into poker as an example like I, I was like I'm gonna go for it I'm gonna really mm-hmm. try to I'm not gonna look back and say well this didn't work out because I didn't try hard enough yeah um, yeah so th- there are things like that or there's just there's been a bunch of different things I've gotten into in my life. I was I was really into uh, buying and selling NFTs for a while there, mm-hmm. uh, and I was sitting sitting at my computer for ten hours a day mm-hmm. looking at them. And mm-hmm. yeah, same idea. Where it was like if you know if I lose money in this, it's not going to be because I I half-assed it. Uh, yeah. Or it can be going out and like if I have a drink, I'm probably gonna have like four or five drinks and like get a little drunk. Like I don't need to have <laughs> I don't want to have one drink. I don't need to. So that that is. Is that the best policy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you tend but to jump into the deep end. Of I the tend pool. to jump into the deep end of the pool. With all <laughs> things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I tend to like drive the car fast, so to speak. And every so often, you know, going to get a speeding ticket. <laughs> I'm sure <there's laughs> the car goes a little too fast. But yeah, yeah for the most part, uh, I think it's important to really go for it. Yeah, right. I'm sure that served you well. I know it has in my life in terms the way that I like picture it. It's like get off the fence. Mm-hmm. right there are a lot of people that live their life on the fence mm-hmm. and they have one foot in and one foot out or they have a backup plan or they're just like not really giving themselves permission to go for it because they're afraid of how it might turn out or what if this happens what if that happens like when I first started my business um, I was telling the story the, the other night it was like I quit my job and I put my house on the market like the next day right. because I was like I'm gonna give myself a hundred percent like chance to really get this thing off the ground. And I don't want anything holding me back. Like, I don't, same with you. Like, I don't want to look back and regret and be like, oh, I really didn't give it my a hundred percent. Cause I was somebody, if I'm, I don't know if I've ever shared this on this show, but I was somebody that things sort of came naturally to a lot of like, I know there's definitely things for you actually that like just naturally like you're great at math like that just like comes naturally to you there's certain ways that you think that just come naturally to you for me it was like sports school for the most part 
I did really well. Um, extracurriculars, like whatever I tried, I tended to be fairly good at or above average. And so that actually, I think hurt me in some ways because I never tried Mm -hmm. like I never, and I, I hope that this doesn't land with people and like you hear my heart on it. Like it's not me being like, oh, I'm just like, I'm the best and I'm so cocky and right. like whatever. I'm just trying to paint a picture like that. For me, I really had to jump into the deep end of the pool to see what I was capable of because otherwise I knew I was only going to be playing at like 80% all right. the time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I think, yeah. uh, it definitely not only makes a ton of sense, but that was kind of me with poker because the things that it takes to be good at poker, I'm naturally good at. Mm-hmm. So there was a while there where it was hard. I, I didn't even feel the need to fully apply myself. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, math and dealing with people. That's I'm good that, at that. Those are, yeah, those are my natural abilities kind of. Well, and those are the things you're told to pursue, right? It's like, find what you're good at and what you enjoy and go pursue mm-hmm. it. But then I think something for people to think about is because those things come naturally to you, do you, is there something that you just like sort of naturally pull your foot off the gas right. because you know it comes fairly quickly or naturally to you as opposed to really putting like all of your effort and intention. And for me, like, getting rid of all my backup plans, cutting all of my like parachutes, if you will, mm-hmm. and being like, okay, I'm just going to go for it and build the parachute on the way down kind of right. thing um, was what I needed personally. And it's a, it goes back to choices and decisions, which we talk a lot about on the show. And you've talked a lot you know, today about, which is just being decisive and saying like, if I'm going to do something, like I'm going to go all in. Yeah. Uh, we've, talks about this recently you and I um people need to look at their situation in life like what is their worst case scenario right you were talking about this when you left your job yeah and decided to do all the litany of things you now do uh and you kind of looked at your life and said what's my worst case scenario and you realized that while you weren't leading a bad life you were living a life worth leading worth leading you were also living out your worst case scenario sure right if all failed with coach well with everything you would just go back to what you were doing currently yeah uh and i think it's important to to recognize that not everyone is on a level playing field right some people have parents to support or kids to support or myriad of different issues in life that people have but for most people their worst case scenario would just be going to some version of like back to the drawing board and probably something not far from where they are now Mm -hmm. um and so for me i can't stress this enough to people in my life to your listeners it's like go for it like chase your dreams like we don't know what comes after this Mm -hmm. but life is short and you might only get one shot at it. So like really like shoot your shot, like do the thing that you love that you want. Mm-hmm. And if you are lucky enough to be in a situation where your life will be okay, if it doesn't work out, then you should take advantage of that. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've always been super privileged relatively mm-hmm. to most of the world, right? If all else failed in my life, I have family who have, have a, you know, my mom has a home and I could go live in it. If yeah. the absolute worst case scenario, if, if I fell completely on my face, 
not everyone is that lucky. Sure. I don't know that. But for you know anyone who just has any sort of ability to take chances, take, sure. take those chances. Yeah. yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking about the many moments that I've shared with you over the last like seven or eight months where I've been kind of brought to the precipice of an opportunity or a decision of being like, okay, here's, here's something that's being, you're being invited into, whether it's a new environment, whether it's a new friend group, whether it's new experiences that I've never had before, trying new things. It's like, okay, here's, here's the opportunity. And you're kind of, you've led me up to the kind of that cliff, if you will, and the proverbial cliff and be like, Hey, you're going to either jump or you're gonna, like the whole no half measures idea. It's like either jump or don't do it. Right. And, um, now that I think back to a lot of those, cause I've had a lot of first experiences over the last like six or seven months since I've been out here and you've been a part of a lot of those. And so I, I'm just thinking about how much I've personally grown. And I think it's a byproduct of being willing to step into that unknown and go there because you don't get, you get half the growth or half the lessons. If you, you know, only mm-hmm. dabble, it's like this idea of just like dabbling in anything in life. And you, you don't really dabble. You kind of, you get the squeeze. What is it? Is the juice worth yeah, the squeeze? Yeah. Is that the saying? Well, I, I don't know if that's exactly <laughs> relevant to what you're saying, but that is the but saying. You get what I'm trying to say. Yes. I uh, sometimes will look back on things and say that the juice may not have been worth the squeeze, mm. but like, I'm still going to squeeze. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I think those are valuable lessons in life and, and just understanding that like, what again it's like what's the worst that could happen yeah right yeah if there's something that the worst is really bad you should think twice Hmm. but if it's not well and most of the time it's not and who you become in the process of trying and figuring that out and having those experiences is invaluable learning and like understanding of yourself and I am such a more expansive open I thought I was an open person and I I had a certain risk tolerance and I did like I left home and started a cross country road trip and ended up out here and started a whole new life here. Cause I have some willingness to take risks and to try new things, but that's, I think I've opened up even more since I've been here. And so I think for those listening, just cause there are a lot of you who followed my journey and who've been kind of following me for a while and you might hear me say that and be like, well, Tori, I thought you were open and like you were there already, but there's layers to this. You know what I mean? Like I am have not arrived in any, you know, capacity. And I think Asher would agree with me. It's just like we continue to kind of push the envelope and see, okay, where, you know, what else can I try? And you don't know what you'll experience is or who you'll become in the process of doing that you can only connect the dots looking yeah backwards, right yeah. so you don't exactly know what what you're leading to but just know that it as long as it involves growth and and trying to maximize your potential and all those kind of things it's a good place uh, yeah also for the record i think everyone has their own ideas of risk and their own risk profile you know i've seen you uh 
be in a room full of professional poker players and tell your story you're you know road tripping and all this and the entire room being like whoa like I could never do that you know they literally gamble for a living and have lived out of suitcases and all that kind of stuff so uh yeah yeah you probably underestimate yourself to a point but I think uh you're living proof of all the things that you're saying yeah I mean life is a gamble right like I think ultimately none of us know what cards we're going to get dealt and that for sure is something that I learned, you know, pretty early and we all get dealt different cards. It's just like, how do we, how do we choose to play them and what kind of choices do we choose to make with them and know that like, if you fold, sometimes you're going to get a new, you know, you're going to get a new hand. If you decide like one thing isn't for you and I'm, I'm using this as metaphorically, it's like, if the one relationship isn't for you and you decide to fold, like you're going to get dealt something else. It, and that might not be the right thing for you, but like, keep playing, like keep yeah. putting yourself out there, keep trying new things, keep, keep having experiences. Cause you don't know when you're going to like hit. Find the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A big uh, thing to me in my life also is being aware that I have no idea how I feel about anything that I haven't experienced. You do say that. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Cause you say that uh, a lot. Yeah. So if you haven't experienced something, you're just assuming how you would feel about it if you experienced it. Ultimately, and, and look, they're they're educated guesses, right? right. Like, it's if, like you're thinking I'm not, it's like me going to eat omakase for the first time, and be like, I'm not gonna like this. Right. But I've actually right. never had it before. But if I if, if you were like, I'm watch me go, you know, beat that person up like I could probably tell you that I'm not going to enjoy it yeah. you know there are things that you can infer that you can understand right but for the most part I had and the uh eye-opening moment in my life was going to a music festival mm -hmm. I was not a music festival guy I that wasn't my scene I wasn't into it You're I'm a New York guy I didn't, <laughs> yes I didn't like music festivals I had never been to one and I walked in and 20 minutes later I was like I love this <laughs> And it was kind of this aha moment. And it also opened my eyes to other things in my past that had I had kind of ignored, had done the same thing. But it was this aha moment of like, oh, I should probably not assume how I feel about anything. Mm -hmm. um, Until you try it. And oh. that, yeah, and that leads to me taking more risks and trying more things. I mean, again, I backed out of skydiving three days ago or five days ago. Uh, <laughs> it is not always... <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not the craziest guy in the world. I, I have my flaws, but yeah, for the most part, I uh, I try to just try things and and take note mm -hmm. of how it feels. And relating to something you were saying earlier, and uh, when you were just talking, which is that I think for your listeners, it's important for them to keep in mind that you are the walking embodiment of all the shit you talk about. Like the, all of the things that you've been through, all you're talking about the whole poker analogy of like, you know, and you're going to get, you don't know what hand you're going to get dealt. Like all of the things you've dealt with in your life, all of the shit you've been through and how you came out of it, of the other side and who you are now and the way you see life and the way you approach life and live your life is that there isn't a better person to be delivering those messages, right? Mm. Because you really live it. You really are that person, uh, yeah, you've dealt with more than most people, certainly more than I have in my privileged, largely privileged life. Uh, 
And it's not only impressive, but it's empowering, right? People can look at you and be like, yeah, she, she's not just saying it. Yeah. She's, she's living it. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that you're not going to sit up. I'm sure to some point, it's not like in every single episode you're having, you're going, you're dropping your laundry list of, of things that have happened in your life. But I think for some, I just want people to not lose sight of the fact that you are really that person who has really lived out all of your messages and are, uh, look at you now. Mm, that yeah. means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you would, you've gotten to see me up close, you know, and spend a lot of time with me over the last few months and seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and you know, what's real, like who I, you know, really am. And so I, that means a lot that you can share that and mean right. that. So, and I feel the same way about you. And I think what I want people to really take home is from this and from your your story and your success is that success is a culmination of failures. You know what yes. I mean? Well said. And it's being willing to get up and swing the bat and take it, you know, stab at life every single day at something that you find meaningful and enjoyable and and going for it. And you don't know what stepping stone that's going to lead you to, but letting that be enough like trusting that that is enough to just like be where you are uh, you have something that's tattooed on you that is now sort of a mantra for me and I share with other people a lot and it's something that we connect on a lot which is be here now mm-hmm. um can you talk about why you have that and why that's important because I think it does sort of bring all of this full circle in some ways like what is be here now all about for you well I mean the obvious is being in the present moment uh I'm gonna mangle this but the saying is that you know all what is it like all depression or anger or whatever lives in the past and the future exactly yeah like peace is only only exists right now yeah um I mean there's some influences that's why I have a tattooed uh there's a book I love called be here now I Ram Das, I have been to a music festival in Florida a bunch of times, which slogan was be here now mm-hmm. and have the letters and stuff. Uh, and I just think it's a great conversation starter, mm-hmm. no, but you know, it's, yeah, it's a great mantra and I have it kind of on my right wrist uh, mm-hmm. every so often I'll catch it while I'm using my phone and mm-hmm. put the phone down. Uh, well, I looked at down, I have a sticker of it on, on my laptop and I just thought about it because I think it's super easy to get caught up in our heads and think about how does this play right now, this moment right now, like, where's that going to lead? And what's the 10 steps from now? And like, mm-hmm. I know I get caught up and you help me to zoom out a lot. And you're like, okay, I start to think about all the hypotheticals and all the scenarios and all the things that could happen. Right. And you have a, a good way of grounding back into the moment which is like let's just be here and like figure out and experience what's happening now uh and the step like letting this just this step stone be the one that we're on right now one of my best qualities and one of my worst qualities is that i don't really take videos and pictures like ever yeah you've seen that uh obviously it stinks when i have no (laughs) recorded uh no record of history of the things (laughs) i've done but uh, you know, as a side note, 
every time something like that is happening, I look around and everyone else is videoing it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll see the video, you know? Yeah. But for me, that's a big thing of like, be present. Be like, there is no video of the show I'm at, the DJ I'm seeing that will be 10% as cool as being me there. being there and being present for it and not looking at my phone. Right. Uh, yeah, so that that is a, probably when I most try to live up to the tattoo, mm -hmm. I suppose, is when I'm having experiences doing things, especially with the people I love. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just be present for it because it, it, it's gone so yeah. fast. Well, that know? it reminds me of the tattoo I have on my shoulder. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it says this too shall pass, which mm -hmm. is another way of kind of thinking about the same thing which is like this moment is temporary right. <laughs> so be here for it you know right. what I mean and this is where life is lived is is here it's not in your mind it's not in the future like you've never been in your future and you've never been in your past you've only ever been here now yes well last <laughs> night we went to a uh, a Halloween party a buddy of mine had a huge Halloween party and I had told a couple friends like they said they were gonna come a little later I was like yeah shoot me a text uh you know when when you're on your way I got in uh, my uber home and realized that i hadn't looked at my phone since i had gotten to the party <laughs> and i had text they ended up showing up but i had text from them being like hey hey like what's up are you there uh and i was so know, immersed. i obviously felt kind of bad but part of me i, I had this thought last night i was like cool, cool. Yeah, i was literally enjoying myself too much to look at my phone and yeah sweet. uh yeah i think Another thing I see in life all the time, which I really think the listeners should should uh, think about, is how often I see people put so much time and effort into curating an experience and then barely being present for the experience. Right. You know, just to document it, they they right. do it to take pictures and right. like to make it look a certain way, but then they're not even able to fully enjoy it. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah, we, and so much time and effort and possibly resources go into things, and then it seems just like people aren't even. Yeah. really there it's like really appreciate the moments that like that's the meat of life right yeah. like that's that's what it's really all about so. the main course yes. <laughs> the meat and potatoes for sure yeah. yeah well you guys i think like i said there's a lot that you can take away from this but one success is the culmination of failures mm -hmm. don't do half measures jump into the deep end of the pool don't necessarily take your take your floaties off be willing to like learn how to swim and like go for it because you'll realize how much resilience and strength that you have to figure it out. Like you'll get resourceful in those moments or you'll realize it's not for you and that's completely okay too. And that helps like provide clarity where you don't have it. And then, um, yeah, I love some of these other things we're talking about is just like be present, be light and playful and enjoy your life. Cause you've definitely been somebody who's written me a a permission slip that I didn't know I needed, which is, um, enjoy like that. I'm allowed to enjoy my life and, um, have fun. I think there was part of me that felt guilty for having fun right. in the past that I no longer feel. And you've been a big part of kind of letting me let that go. So I Thank appreciate you. you and I do know that, uh, it is sometimes hard to hear things from it's almost like from successful people right like it's hard to hear someone be like 
go for it and take the risk <laughs> while it's like you are just chilling now yeah you know? but those people tend to be the people who have experienced it right so they'll say yeah right like if, if, if jeff bezos was like start that business out of your garage and be like dude you live in a billion dollar mansion <laughs> but he actually started that business out of his garage right, right? right. uh so yeah it, it may seem difficult hearing people say just just do it just go for it just be uh risky or have more fun it's like but like you actually you can and uh hopefully speaking from a good amount of experience like it's possible to curate the life you want yeah uh, while still enjoying yourself and, and doing the things you love yeah i love that well yeah. thank you thank you for coming on the show how can uh how can people stay connected with you if they want to follow your journey in the poker world? Where do you hang out online? I on am Twitter, on I Twitter as Mr. Ash Money. Ash Money. I'm on Instagram as Ash Kniff. I do not post enough anywhere. <laughs> I almost never post, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Maybe uh, the highlight reels. Yeah, yeah, yeah highlight the, reel. the, the big moments, but I, the, the poker world is definitely a, a niche Niche niche, 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 niche community, <laughs> and so it's not like you'll be, uh, you know, seeing me on ESPN or anything. But yeah, the, yeah you know, I know. try to. You never know. I try to have some successes, and and when I do, I I share them both yeah. for inspirational purposes and also just so people know I'm alive and that I'm doing things. And <laughs> well, things the, are going well. The so. uh, World Series of Poker broadcast did just recently release though. Where where is that yes. online or like online or on TV? Where can people watch it? It gets broadcast on CBS Sports. Uh it was always on ESPN forever and they just changed it, which is kind of a bummer because I've been like a like ESPN is like my life. <laughs> I love sports and all that. So the idea of me being on ESPN would have been super sweet. But yeah, it's on it's on CBS Sports and they've just started airing this year's. And uh yeah, hopefully get some FaceTime. Get some FaceTime, but more just get I hope that they capture the essence of all the people that were there and all the shit that was happening. It was it was legitimately the coolest thing ever. So yeah. Otherwise. yeah so Very there's nice. that and i'm online and i'm trying as best i can to uh just live my life yeah well thank you thank you for coming on the show you guys <laughs> if you love this episode make sure to tag us um and follow our new account on instagram the coachable podcast and if you leave us a rating and review uh, and send a screenshot over to support at ToriGordon.com, we would love to send you a free gift, access to my Find Your Purpose workshop, which is uh, something we want to give you totally for free. But you have to send us that screenshot of your rating and review um, over to support at ToriGordon.com. You can find all the information um, about this podcast and uh, Ash and where you can connect with him and everything Thing we've talked about on this episode in the show notes so make sure you go check that out and we would love it if you would share this with friends and uh yeah that's how we, we grow this community we're so glad that you're part of it and that you come back week after week to share uh in these episodes and these conversations with me so it means the world i love you guys 